Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hello. Welcome to A Slice of Cheese, the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford, a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses. Cheese is a delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. Episode 6. Cheeseboard fun. How does one go about putting together a cheeseboard? Acclaimed cheesemongers Andy Swinsco of the Courtyard Dairy and Patricia Mitchelson of La Fromagerie share their expertise. I talk to cheese blogger Tania Darlington, also known as Madame Fromage, who tells me about her imaginative approach. Cheese and crackers are a classic combination. Claire Stiles of Peter's Yard tells me why their sourdough crackers work so well with cheese. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. This week on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to welcome back an old friend of the programme, Andy Swinsco of the wonderful Courtyard Dairy in Yorkshire. Good morning, Andy. Morning, Jenny. How are you? I'm very good. I'm really happy to be back talking to cheese people again. My favourite pastime. This week, Andy, we're looking at something which is a perennial theme. And I guess it's something that you get asked about a lot in your shop, which is the sort of the making of a cheese board. How, how do people put together a cheese board? And it's something that people always seem to want advice about. Is that something that you find in your shop? Yes. Yeah. And it's such a interesting topic, isn't it? Because um, I think there's no right or wrong answers, but it's great when you're in a cheese shop because you can help guide people through it and give them the right answer for that occasion, what they're doing. But for yeah. general advice, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of nice to have some, some information in your back pocket to know what you're doing when you don't have that ability to speak to a, a cheesemonger. That's a nice way of putting it. And what, so are there some, a few sort of broad principles that you would sort of suggest to somebody? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the classics are really start with a, with a hard, a soft and a blue, hasn't it? That would be your kind of classic cheese board. Um, I also think that there's regional variations in there as well. Uh, and also you've got to accommodate for what people are liking as well. You know, we, we always say when people come to us, and especially when they're designing gifts of cheese board and things like that, especially for Christmas and mm. things like that, and we're sending them out, you know, it's it's very difficult to kind of get some idea about what the customer likes because the classic is really we look at maybe a hard, a soft and a blue, the original one being like cheddar, stilton, brie. But if that yeah. if you know that that person hates 
soft cheese or you know you're not showing that person's cheese likings then obviously you've got to tailor that to them a little bit and you don't have to go for the hard and set set rules and we tend to stick to that hard soft blue rather than cheddar stilton brie so that you can have a bit of variance in there that's one of the exciting things about british cheese that we've covered on lots of previous opportunities um is that you don't have to go for necessarily for the classics so much anymore but if you get those different styles different textures different flavors then you can kind of work your way through and i always when especially when i'm doing a cheese tasting on a cheese board you know i i tend to stick to a fairly minimal amount five cheeses i think is a is your, is your top i always think more than that your palate tends to get confused yes. and you tend to you know you, you tend to lose the nuances and also yeah. the smaller bits of cheese you get the more they dry out the more they suffer in your fridge and sit in there so you'd rather rather have less cheese but in better quality and then you can yeah. taste it and get an appreciation that's an of what you're interesting at. point so actually buying a bigger you know because with cheese costs money and so and everyone you know we're going to be watching our pockets um with the cost of living crisis so so in a way getting a, a bigger piece of cheese will it will, it will keep better than you're saying so you no know, fewer yeah. cheeses perhaps in but then they they'll keep better because they'll be in a better condition Better condition, yeah, and better, um, yeah, so, yeah, because they won't dry out as fast. I think all those, we are a nation of liking little tastes, I mean, and, and liking to sample loads of different stuff. I think that, that is something that has changed in the last 15 to 20 years with the rise of things like tasting menus and things mm. like that. And that's great. But actually, I think if you really want to appreciate the cheese, less in better condition. And I actually yeah. think when you come to designing that cheese board, one of the key things for me is, is when you eat it, you know, and, and how soon you're buying it before you're eating it, because there's no point buying great cheese and letting it languish you know in, in yes. your fridge at home i always one of the things i always say is I, I compare cheese to a bottle of wine you know you wouldn't open a bottle of wine two weeks before you wanted to drink it now think about cheese in that same way you, when you open a whole cheese when you've got a cut piece of cheese that's effectively something what, what you're doing a lot of those flavors within cheese are quite volatile and they'll dissipate like they will in a bottle of wine and you know mm. and so the sooner you the later you open it the later you buy that cheese the better the quality really and i think mm. Actually, when it comes to designing a cheese board, I think that is more of a key factor is you want a bit of variance within taste and texture and, and different styles. Essentially, you know, really, if you're buying quality cheese, you want to make sure you buy it close to when you're using it, buy it in less yeah. pieces but more and, and get it out a few hours before you want to eat it. I think that's as key to any cheese board designing is, is actually the cheeses you put on it. Yeah, nicely put. And obviously, I suppose one of the things in your in the courtyard area, let's say, you know, in the run up to Christmas, is that something you have to, when you're talking to your customers, do you ask them, you know, when do you want to when they're buying? Do you say, are you, you know, are you, when you plan to eat this? Is this one of the things that you have to, to do with your customers? Yeah, I mean, we cook fresh from a block and so we don't vacuum pack or wax. And I always one of the things we have to hammer into the staff that even if people are coming in in November and early December for cheese, we don't want to sell it to them because if we do and they get using it for Christmas, they're going to eat it in bad condition. And that's not yeah. what we're there for, you know. So right. we want to turn them away, really, and say, come back. And if you can't come back, go somewhere else that does good cheese, you know, or order online. Because buying it now for Christmas, when, you know, you want to be yeah. on, want to be buying for Christmas um, after the 15th of December, in my opinion. You know, yeah. uh, if you're buying fresh, traditional cut cheese, I think that's when it will be at its best. And if you're buying that quality cheese, that's what, what you want to sing, really. And does that mean then that in that, that run up to Christmas, have your, your customers, have they got that message in, in the years you've been open, Andy? Have they understood that? And do they come in, in big numbers in that in that sort of 10 days run up to Christmas then? Yeah, and it's a funny time, isn't it? So we actually encourage customers to, they'll get better service if they come in November, have a chat, have a taste and order their cheese. And then Christmas, they can just turn up and collect the bag. So ah, it's kind of cut fresh, but chosen clever. earlier. 
because that's a really nice way of doing it yeah, yeah so you get i actually think that i mean most cheese shops will do a third of their business in that last week if they're doing traditional cheese like us mm. in that last week before christmas and we do about that uh, annual business and that creates pressures on the business so you'll actually in my opinion it's really nice because you get a buzz and it's exciting and we have cheesemakers tasting outside the shop but there is a queue and i feel like you actually almost get better service in november and the rest of the year yes. because there's less pressure on the customer with a queue behind them and that's just a natural pressure you know it's not from yeah. for cheesemongers but you know when you queue up for a long time and you get to the front and then you realize there's a queue yeah. behind you, you so i think that if you can choose your cheese earlier and then pre-order it and collect it that's a great way to take the pressure off the cheesemongers but also not enables you to get a bit better service as well because you can choose your cheese in november when actually cheese shops are quiet you know so it's yes. um, you can have a bit more time with 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 the cheesemonger themselves i always enjoy i'm not surprised and you may be surprised to hear this i think that i really enjoy that the time you know a leisurely cheese shop the time thinking about what I'm talking about with the person behind the counter and saying, oh, what, what do you like this week? What's good? You know, point me to something interesting and having a chance to taste and to think about it. And to that's not something that can be done if there's a long queue behind you, you know, because there won't be the time for that sort of experience, which is such a big, you know, it's one of the pleasures of shopping in a good, in a good cheese shop rather than shopping online is being able to have that face-to-face -face interaction over a tempting array of cheeses. When, when, you're, when you're designing a cheese board, a lot of people will classify it into for the French you've got these eight families of cheese so you've got like the fresher lactic ones now they're classic like your goats of cheese your fresh cheeses and they're a great way to start a cheese board because they're clean they're fresh they're acidic and then you've got your soft cheeses which kind of break out into white rinded debris camemberts you know that style yeah and washed rinded the more pungent ones and I'd probably start off with one from that section and then your hard cheeses now I break your hard cheeses into three sections what I would call oh. traditional crumblies from like yep. Northern England traditionally, traditional hard cheeses from Southern England, like your continental styles, like sweeter, nuttier Comte Griers. Yes. And then you've got your point. blues as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're like your softer blues and your hard, and your firmer blues. And so you can yes. break it out into all of them, but you yeah. don't want to go too heavy in any section. So I always, I mean, the classic is obviously a cheddar Stilton Brie, and that's where you start with maybe a couple of, um, and then put a wild card in. So a hard, soft, and a blue, and then I always <laughs> think wild card of like a something a bit different, a bit funky. Yeah. But I always say that, you know, we can think that's your, your old st stool cheese board, and that always works. Yeah. But why not try and look at diff different things? So we do a lot of different things in our shop. We do, number one, we do regional ones where you're having just a regional platter. Mm. Or number two, we do, Cheeses from one producer, that's really interesting, I always think. So yes. you can do the same milk, same farm. And like Coat Hill's a great example. You can have their Linden, which is nice and sweet and supple. You can have their Blue, and they do a fresh one, the Coat Hill White. And you can have a nice little cheese board from one producer, and that's kind of a nice talking point. And then we do a really interesting thing in our shop as well, where we do two different age profiles or two different maturation techniques from the same cheese. So we do like the Killeen Goats McGowder, and we do it at three months, and um, again, another one at 12 months old. Right, and I think that's a, a really yeah. yeah, yeah, such a difference. And the, actually focusing down on one cheese for cheese board and having that in great condition is sometimes as good as anything. You know, if you imagine a farmer's table, I remember those big cheese cloches, those huge cheeses, yes. and you go into the farmer's table in the olden days. You know, my grandma, I can always remember that big, just one piece of cheese under that cloche, and that was a local yeah. cheese, and they just eat that. You know, wonderful. Uh, yeah. And yeah, actually. So there's loads of different ways to a cheese bar. There's no right or wrong, but you know, I think sometimes those different ways, looking at regional, yes. looking at producer, or looking at one cheese at two different age profiles, are kind of interesting talking points and something we have. And when you go into a good cheeseman, we have the ability to kind of uh, look at. And this, I mean, you know, we talked about the classics, the cheddar, 
Stilton, Bree. But of course, you know, one of the exciting things is that there were there are lots of there are lots of alternatives, aren't there? And if you wanted to support British cheesemakers, you've got lots of wonderful um, cheesemakers out there making really interesting cheeses that you could be that are great, you know, that you could buy and introduce your friends to, your friends and family to. Exactly. I think that's, that's the exciting thing is, I, uh, you know, if you, even if you're a traditionalist and you want your cheddar and you want your Stilton, put one wild card in, you know, put one, you know, that different one, there's something different every year and then that's something, di- you know, and you'll find that it works really well, you know, and, and it's something different to talk about. I was met David Jarrett the other week and he's such a wonderful cheesemaker, isn't he? And he's got Fabulous. this range of, you know, really interesting. So he's got five cheeses, I think, in his range. And one of them, perhaps the one that he's best known for is called Rollright, which has got a, um, a sort of spruce bark circle around it. And he's sort of modelling classic French cheeses and doing a British version of them. But he's, he's just a very, his cheeses always say elegant, it seems to me. They've got such a touch to them, you know, where they're, they're not overpowering, but they're full of flavour and they're very... They're very yeah. fine examples of that type. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you're making a cheese board for yourself, that's a great example with David there is that you can you know, choose his, his cheeses all have a, a rich, not as not overpowering, not in your face kind of flavour. And they're absolutely fabulous cheeses, but they have a depth and complexity to them. And that is almost how you eat your cheese board as well. If that, because if you dump in with a hard cheese that's really powerful before something like the, the roll white, you'll lose that buttery, rich kind of clotted cream that just makes it absolutely fabulous if you're making cheese bar for yourself you choose what you like but when you think about other people you know i always find this in, in some cheese shops that you can tell that they have a type of cheese that they like because every single seems seems to be a similar style and it's the same <laughs> with a cheese true. board if that makes sense yes, so yeah. you know think about not everybody likes the same thing think about putting those different you know those families that i talked about the white and the soft and the, and the crumbly and the hard think about yeah. putting examples in from there because they don't have to be you know it's not just about you unfortunately maybe you're, you're in charge of the cheese board but you know and yes. what you don't want is five cheeses that are all the same which you sometimes find because oh i like strong hard cheeses so everything's kind of yeah, similar that's really interesting um, and that's a very good point to start you know with the more delicate flavors and then work up because you know it will it will affect if you eat a very dominant cheese first you know then you might as well not eat the really mild gentle one because you won't really be able to taste it properly so yeah. that's a that's a very practical point to make as so i was thinking of, of where you are andy so the, you talked about the crumblies and the northern these northern hard cheeses they must are they very popular at christmas cheese boards in in your yorkshire shop yeah i mean well we we sell an awful lot of cheese it's a very old-fashioned tradition um to have cheese and christmas cake so we sell we're probably one of the few cheese shops that you know at christmas sells more crumbly cheese than it does blue cheese you know as everybody else is buying stilton we're selling things like lancashire and, and wensdale because round by us it's a tradition to have it with christmas cake and that's as much as anything and um and i think a, that so we yeah, sell an lovely, awful lot of that it's a very style. nice pairing yeah it is a delicious pairing isn't it i mean it's like yeah and i think it's interesting isn't that that power if that's what you were used to having you know from childhood and you've got their memories it's that power of food isn't it those those foods that connect you back to your to your past your childhood to happy times you know to family yeah. that bring back memories it's a very very patient yeah. isn't it I mean, we were just talking about that in the shop the other day about Christmas. And, you know, I always like it every Christmas because some you see the same families as well. Part of their Christmas ah. routine, because I always go, you know, you can pre-order and you can just come and collect. And they're like, no, this is what this is part of our Christmas. Re- this should come oh, into the shop. That's It's nice, part of the routine. It? So it's not just the cheese. Yeah. It's the experience of every year they come up and they choose their yeah. Christmas cheese. And there's quite a lot of people that do that. And that's that's nice, isn't it? You know, it's nice to be part of that. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the, the joy of, I think, important. yeah, and actually, you know, and the role that good food shops play in, you know, Christmas is traditionally a time of feasting, isn't it? And the time when you, you know, you, you buy, you know, you buy in nice food for the family, for everyone to enjoy, and it's, and all the shops are busy, which is sort of fun in that really nice way. Like, you know, my, my son, when he was at university, worked at Niels Yardere at Christmas, and I said, if you can work at Niels Yardere at Christmas, you can work anywhere, because, you know, it's so busy, so, exactly. you know, and just that, but it's that everyone's waiting with anticipation, so it's a really very sort of good-natured waiting, you know, it's not sort of, shoving and impatient it's just like you know it's good they know they know the the people inside the shop are doing their best and people are picking up food they like and everyone chats to each other and is saying what did you what are you what are you getting it's rather nice isn't it and so, i remember like we do like neil's had we have a from the 15th of december onwards we have a cheese maker outside our shop a different one every day so yeah. you know as part of that wait you get to talk to that person who makes the cheese and they come and talk along and taste you and i remember when i worked back to winfield they'd give out port and you know um down the queue and so it's quite nice it's not just uh like a a queue at an airport, is it? Yes, it's part of exactly. The, um, it's part of the whole experience, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Lovely. Oh, well, thank you, Andy. Thank you so much for taking the time to come and give us your cheese board tips. It's much appreciated. Anytime. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. This week on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me today someone who's been a huge influence in the world of British cheese and who's done much to introduce me to the pleasures of cheeses. And that is Patricia Michelson, founder of La Fromagerie, which is these wonderful cheese shops in London. Hello, Patricia. Hello, Jenny. Patricia, this for this episode of A Slice of Cheese, we're sort of looking at the idea of cheese boards, which is something I think that people are always interested in hearing how to put together a cheese board. And I thought I couldn't really come to a better person than you. What's, tell me your, <laughs> your, your thoughts about this. Well, there's, there's all different schools of thought, especially over the last few years as, as cheese has become more and more a focus and uh, a, a vocal point um mm. in the in the um in the course in the in the in the meal in the course of the meal but i have a very definite way of dealing with um the cheese course and it's one that i have honed over my 30 years um mm. in the business which has been um to because i came in as a novice into the cheese world I needed to find out and and explore and understand things because it, it, there was never any anyone to ask these things. You would go into a cheese shop and just see a whole load of cheese and have no information whatsoever. So when I started, I wanted to have very clear tasting notes on everything that I was selling, but also to understand the progress of, of taste. The progress of taste in a you know with the cheeses as you navigate a cheese board and that is really important to me i know a lot of people like to go off piste and you know try the blue first and you know the mild one last but to me that actually defeats the whole object of understanding getting more understanding of cheese and also the enjoyment of it so for me a cheese board should really be up to seven cheeses I like odd numbers. It's a oh, bit like gardening. Nice. <laughs> yes, don't you put two. Yes, yes, you always, yeah. always do threes, yeah. five, seven. Yeah. So um, up to up to around seven. I mean, you can go more if you want, but seven is a is the the max as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Five five is usually what I aim for, uh, but seven is absolutely fine. And you always start with something with great acidity because what you want to do is to neutralize 
your palate before you move on to um, all the different styles of cheese. So the best way of neutralizing your palate is something with good acidity and good mm. acidity is a goat's cheese. So that's that's our starting point. And our end point is the blue cheese because the blue cheese encompasses everything else that you've tasted from the acidity through the blue veins, the richness of the cheese, fruit, nut, and all the other flavors are all encompassed in a, in a blue cheese. And that brings it together because in your mouth, you've got all these different flavors that you've built up from tasting the different cheeses. And then you've ended with this glorious blue that brings it all together. And you have this sort of symphony of uh, flavors going on in, in your mouth. But also if you're drinking wine or whatever you're drinking, that has also had its own way of progressing and uh, being part of the whole tasting process. Wonderful. I mean, I know, yes, and you're very clever. I mean, I've eaten at La Fromagerie in, at various times over the years and and the and such good matchings of, of wine to cheese, very good pairings. You know, it's always very, I always notice that when I, when I you know, go to one of your events. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, so, so starting from goat, ending with blue, and then in the middle, would, would you just, would you suggest that people then just, you know, would you, would you suggest different types of cheese? You know, of course, because yeah. then you, then you go, you go through the, the profile. So you start with a, a lovely tangy goat's cheese. There's plenty of English goat's cheeses now that are lovely from Golden Cross to Cinnadon Hill mm -hmm. to Brightwell Ash. You know, there's there's lots of them. Um, uh, it just depends if you want something that's, that's lighter and nuttier or something with that lovely sort of bright acidity. And I love Cinnadon Hill or Brightwell Ash, for instance, mm. are two cheeses from the UK. And um, Elric Log from Scotland, from uh, Selina in Scotland, yeah. um, uh, Errington. They are really wonderful for the palate as palate cleansers. I call them, they're like toothpaste. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's a cleansing your palate, yeah. which is what we want. And it really is good for your teeth as well. So you, you start off with that and then... Once you've done that, you, you if you've got wine, you've tasted your wine, your wine tastes very fresh, a little bit racy. It tastes almost like sea salt sometimes as well with that little saline quality, foamy saline quality coming in. So you want to, it's, it's, that has really whetted your appetite. It's made juices in the mouth. So you mm. want to go on the next one. So the next one I would go for um, is probably something with a white bloomy rind. Um, by that, I mean like a brie, a camembert, Baron by God, for instance, if you're talking about British cheeses, mm -hmm. um, you can go Wigmore as well, British cheeses as well. So go for something with a little white bloomy rind. That little white bloomy rind is important because that houses um, also a lot of flavour. Uh, cheeses ripen from the outside into the centre, not the other way around. A lot of people think, oh, it all happens in the centre of the cheese and then ends in the in the rind. No everything to do with cheese is about the rind what mm. happens outside how it's looked after how it's cared what it's put on it um, if it's washed or anything else how it's kept will determine how that cheese actually tastes in the end so something that is very pedestrian tasting usually means that its rind 
is also rather pedestrian or hasn't been cared for or is not, you know, is not uh, a, a, a rind that has had any production done to it to mm. uh, bring on the, um, the bacteria that you want to then go into the cheese, good bacteria, to then develop the flavour. So we would, we would then go on to a, this bloomy rind cheese, which can be a soft one, like a camembert or brie, or it can be a slightly more fudgy, like a chaos or a briat savaran, for instance, lovely, rich and creamy, a little bit nutty. So that brings another element. So you had your little freshness to start with, and then you've got a little bit of nuttiness and also that bloomy rind coming through as well on your palate. And then you would go on the next one, you would have uh, our semi-hard cheeses, uh, ones that we call the semi-cooked style cheese, um, either a, for me a Beaufort, for instance, or oh, you would, uh, yeah, but the, there's Ashcombe that, um, that David Jowett has, yes. uh, has produced, but also things like... Um, uh, the double barrel, the Lincolnshire poacher double barrel. Now, a lot of people think that that's a, a cheddar, but it's the way that it's made, it it nods, it actually tips its hat to Gruyere. Mm. And if you taste it, you'll see it has that lovely little chew to it, ah, a nice, nice little nice chewy fruit. fruit. Yes, lovely. Yeah. Chewy fruit. So you've had the, the freshness to start with, and then you've got um, the, the bloomy rind, which is smoother, and, and it has slight nuttiness coming from the rind. And then you're going deeper into it with the the more richer, deeper textured cheeses. And then you can go to the next one, which could be maybe a nice, big, bold cheddar. So those are the sharp and tangy ones, mm. which then picks up always on the on the other three that you've had before. And then you um, you can then go on to the next one can be a washed rind cheese. And those are the ones with the very high aroma, not necessarily strong in flavour, but it's the aroma. And that's yeah. from the washing of the outside of the rind that pr produces this um, enzyme um, collaboration uh, on the on the cheese uh, to bring out those um, very high volatile um, aromas and that has the aroma but also within the cheese it can be quite mellow and nutty and fruity and a little bit of uh, sharp saltiness coming through. So it's picking up all the other cheeses, you see, as you're yes. progressing through it. And then you, you can then um, choose something completely different to have for your sixth cheese. You can go off to another country and one of your favourite cheeses that you might have, whether it's say a Taleggio from Italy or a Manchego from uh, from Spain or from England, find a really lovely ewe's milk cheese because the ewe's milk um, has earthy, sweet and fruity flavours, very different from cow's milk. And they're, they have these deeper qualities of, um, of more in the way of farmy, farmy mm -hmm. type um, aromas and flavours. When you think about things like venison or um, roast lamb, it always has that sort of uh, nice oiliness to it, mm. especially lamb. So 
that as your sixth cheese is absolutely perfect because that will lead you into your blue, whether you're having uh, a Stilton or a Harborn blue or one of the Errington cheeses, Lanark blue, with its strong spiciness. That little bit of spice will be in the used milk too. And then that finishes off the whole thing. It rounds out the, the, the tasting by finishing with that blue. And you'll see that if you do it that way, you'll see how it, how satisfying it is and also how you're learning about the cheese that you're tasting and you're seeing right oh i really like that i want to try that again maybe with something else you're you're almost learning as you're tasting and um expanding you know your whole um repertoire yeah. You don't just go for your favourites all the time. Yes, Think lovely. About, no, that's, you know, that's a beautiful, off. that's a really interesting progression. I like, it seems like a chord of cheeses then, isn't it? That as you, you know, you're amplifying, you start with one and then the two, but they link back yeah. to each other. And then, so you're building up. That's a wonderful image, actually. And a really interesting approach, Patricia. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. So, well, I think that's, it's lovely to have that insight from you, which I know, you know, all your years of experience, Patricia, learning, and then you, you know, you share it very kindly with us in a few minutes. Well, it's, it's, uh, I share, I don't only share it, but the people that work with me um, have to understand our approach as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's well honed Mm. over the years, but I think that, what what we've achieved, and I think others as well, what we've achieved is to give um, our customers and people who are a, a bit nervous about trying different cheeses the opportunity to actually explore it more and to be a, a little bit more sort of not afraid to actually go out there and find something else that is not the usual to to then enjoy if you can understand the progression of it and the taste profiles mm-hmm. as you taste you'll see that um you know the sky's the limit we have a room you know with 250 cheeses we can keep you in cheese for the whole year <laughs> you know and you won't won't taste you know the same yes, one you won't twice. Get bored. Yes. yes exactly yeah. exactly Wonderful. and i think we're yeah. very lucky in the uk that we've got this huge amount of cheese now that uh, we have to thank you know the specialist cheese makers for you know really helping small independent cheese makers to be able to grow their business but also to to make cheese again in the way that we should be making it you know with raw milk and you know with yes. their own herd pasture yeah. we're this is what we're all pushing for pasture feeding rather than uh, in in the barns eating hay we want you know we want a more sort of uh, rural approach um into the whole way of, of doing dairy now yeah no there's a lot of interesting things and, and yes and the cheesemakers i talked to are really aware of that and trying to explore it and yeah it's very exciting isn't it so that was a treat thank you take care then patricia bye i'm a huge fan of peter's yard's crackers and they always feature on my christmas cheese board all peter's yard's crackers are made in small batches using quality natural ingredients and their sourdough starter slowly fermented for 16 hours for award-winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop. Enter the code slice of cheese at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. 
Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Before we go on exploring the world of cheese, here's news of another Food FM programme that I think you'd really enjoy. Thank you, Jenny. Well, I'm David, the host of The Drinking Hour here on Food FM. Each week, we explore the wonderful world of wine, spirits and beer, all things that make wonderful pairings with cheese, of course. We hear from those for whom making drinks is a passion. So after your cheese course, how about you join me for a few drinks? You can find The Drinking Hour with David Kermode on your usual podcast platform and at foodfmradio.com. Now it's back to Jenny and a slice of cheese. Well, this week on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me all the way from America, Tanaya Darlington, cheese educator and author of the Madame Fromage blog. Hello, Tanaya. Hi, Jenny. Thanks for having me. No, it's lovely to have you on the show. And I was, I was interested this week, Tanaya, we're, we're sort of exploring the idea of a cheese board. You know, it's a very classic thing where I think people often want advice on how to put together a cheese board. <laughs> But it strikes me when I was looking at your at your blog and at your post that you have a, a very sort of creative and rather fun approach to, to that subject. So I thought perhaps you could tell us about that. Oh, sure. Thank you so much. Well, I feel like we're living in the age of the social media cheese board where you see all of these uh, slices of cheese and little triangles and squares and cookie cutter shapes. Um, but I do tend to love a cheese board with whole cheeses on them so that people can see the rind and cut off however much they like. Um, Good point. So I'm, I, I feel a bit old school and like maybe I'm going against the trend. But People often ask me um, how to build a cheese board or what they should ask for when they go to the store. And so, Jenny, I do have a little advice I always dole out. And oh, I yeah, say I do. A, great, a great cheese board is three cheeses. One is your comfort cheese, one is a conversation piece, and one is something local or from close by. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, that is... Okay, so let's go, let's unpick that a little bit. So, sure. so a comfort a, cheese, you said, was that the first cheese. one. Yes, exactly. that's a nice that's... phrase. And what do, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, sometimes I feel like I go to the cheese shop and I just, I want something I know or I want something that reminds me of having cheese with my parents. So it might be, you know, a hunk of gouda because my father lo- loves gouda and we would eat that together. Or it might be a, a cheddar, um, something really cozy. Again, something familiar. Um, if you're hosting guests, it would be the cheese that they would for sure recognize. Mm. But then I think every great cheese board should also have a conversation piece. And this is a cheese that should flirt with you at the cheese counter. And you should <laughs> just you become intrigued. And it's the cheese then that all of your guests will talk about later and say, oh, did you see that cheese wrapped in nettles? Or do you remember the cheese wrapped in bark? Yeah. Um, or the cheese that had the, the lay- double layer of ash um, running through mm. the middle. So it's something uh, memorable, and it's maybe a cheese you've never had before. Um, and, and to me, again, that's it's a cheese a cheese on the cheese board that will get everyone talking. And then I feel like it's always great to support one's locals makers, and also to welcome people with a cheese that's from the area or made close by. So that might be a local goat cheese, that might be a cheese from your local farmers market, or it could be an opportunity to ask a cheesemonger, "What do you have in that's made?" On 
on a local farm that I could enjoy. That's so interesting because, you know, you're absolutely right. Cheese, it's very interesting how cheese often stay, you know, they stay where they're made, especially when they're, mm-hmm. they're fresh cheeses, you know, which just don't, you know, can't really take being sent too far away because they will just, you know, they will just go off really. They're perishable and fragile. And, and you're right, all those places that you, so cheese has that wonderful connection to place, you know, of, mm-hmm. of the foods we eat. It has that capacity to to link us to somewhere special and be evocative. So I'm going to visit my, um, my dad lives, he's English, but he lives in Tuscany. And when I go there, they've got a great, in area called the Mugello outside Florence, which is a very agricultural area. And there's this amazing pecorino shop, which has got about sort of, you know, at least 10 different types of pecorino, which they make. And it's, which is a, that's a sheep's milk cheese. It's very, it's a very sort of classic Italian cheese. And so when I go there, you know, I eat pecorino and it's that lovely connection to being, to that place really yeah definitely i feel like so often people hear the same advice about cheese boards which is to do a mixture of milks or a mixture of textures but sometimes jenny like you're describing i think it can be wonderful to do a board where it's actually very similar cheeses and you're comparing them so you know mm. it could be a trio of of pecorino cheese boards or an all sheep's milk cheese board or uh, stick with italian or stick with tuscany for me i, I just I, I love a theme because i feel like it allows you to um go off road and become interested Introduced to something new and not just be eating, you know, goat, cow, sheep every time. Um, (laughs) I love to be simple. You know, a theme, if you're traveling somewhere, we'll eat the cheeses of the place you want to go. Or if you have a friend... who, uh, for example, I have a friend who uh, he used to live in a monastery. So I, for his birthday, I did an entire monastic cheese board. Of oh, just brilliant. That's great. Because there's um, so many fascinating, you're right. I mean, there are all these, it's cheese oh, is such yeah. a rich food, isn't it? And you're right. And there's a whole tradition yes. of monastic cheeses and what fun. I mean, so that must be, so in fact, do you, do you sort of take cheese boards round to friends? You know, is that something that people would eat? Do they say, <laughs> Tanaya, bring the cheese? You know, they'll go like, yeah, we want to be in your hands. Yeah. So. Exactly. In fact, I have a friend coming from Belgium to visit the United States for the first time and just today in the car I was thinking ah what is the first cheese board I will make for him that features like some of the best American cheeses uh, what, ah. a, what a fun little project um, yes or uh, some friends who are getting married and they're honeymooning in California and I'm thinking oh, okay a set of California cheeses I can't wait to give them something uh, <laughs> that they'll you know maybe can look for then again on their honeymoon in the, in yeah. the place itself so yeah I don't know I feel like there's so many ways to think about a cheese board and to get creative so for me that is the real joy it's it it takes you to these other destinations sometimes before you even set foot on the soil it's interesting you you know the way you this playfulness and this this theming are there things like you know do you do it by so it sounds very it's really fun actually so it's pretty um wide you can start you know so it's things it could be i suppose appearance of cheese it could be seasonality it could be Mm -hmm. what or you could be sort of I don't know, you could be sort of evoking the Mediterranean. I mean, I presume this once you start riffing, there are lots of oh things, goodness. lots of directions you can go in then. Right. I do some consulting for a restaurant group here in Philadelphia. And a couple of years ago, we did island wines and just island cheeses. Mm. And that nice. was a delight because, of course, there's Sicily and Sardinia. But then you think, okay, there's cheeses made on the Canary Islands. Yeah. Um, and it gets very fun to suddenly and the see island of Ireland, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was a way for us to help uh, guests, you know, island top through cheese and wine at a table, you know, without traveling at all, but in their mouths, they were traveling. 
Yeah, well, it's yes, which is the joy of, yeah, it's that transporting quality, isn't it, that food has, which is so, so wonderful. And did you, so when you're, when you became interested in cheese, did you have good cheese board experiences? Was there, was there something that, that stimulated you? That you know, Did you go to a restaurant and think, wow, that was amazing? And then did that sort of spark the interest? The interest was sparked actually by walking into an, an incredible cheese shop here in Philadelphia when I moved here about 15 years ago. It was a cheese called a cheese shop called De Bruno Brothers. It's very well known. Ah, it's classic. And yes, and I've interviewed. Yes, they featured on um, a slice of cheese. So, which okay. is yeah, yeah, which is a joy. I think from series one, <laughs> she's thinking <Okay>. back. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's an amazing it, place, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it just is. sounded amazing. Sorry, I say that as someone in sure, London sure. has not been, but it's like wow, it sounded phenomenal. So. It's this little shop, you know, with salamis hanging from the ceiling and, you know, rows of goudas on shelves and parmigianos. And then there was, you know, there were these cases and they told me they had around 350 cheeses. I had no idea at that moment in my life that there were 350 cheeses. And so I said to myself, uh, I'm going to start a personal project where I eat every single cheese in this <laughs> shop. And because I'm a writer by training and I'd worked as a journalist, I thought, I'm, I'm going to start a little cheese blog about this and I'm going to record all of the cheeses as I eat them. And that is what I called it Madame Fromage. It was a bit of a joke, but it, it really, you know, I ate all of the cheeses. It took me about three years. Yeah, and the copious <laughs> notes and the cheesemongers gave me the most wonderful suggestions for pairings. And it was really just like a, a three-year self study a sort of PhD in cheese that I gave myself with the help of the De Bruyne Brothers owners and cheese markers. It was, yeah, it was, it was Emilio I um, interviewed. He was <laughs> yes, so lovely. Oh, yes, he was amazing. Yes, yeah. So yeah, I how nice. Oh, say a, hi. Yeah. Say hi I from me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, Going from being a, yeah. an ordinary customer to a collaborator, we ended up writing a book together. I ended up writing a bunch of cheese signage for the shop. Wonderful. Um, because I just love the language around cheese and, and, and the play. So, so this, so obviously that's, I mean, that's actually quite interesting. Do you think in order to put together a good cheese board, would you, would you advise people to go to a cheese shop because of the scope it offers them? Do you, is that oh, something that's I important? Think so, yes. Yeah. Because it's so exciting to walk in the door and just say, oh, you know, what's new or what's seasonal or what did you take home last night? I always like to get a bit nosy with the person not behind the counter, mm, yeah. especially if I don't know the selection or I'm not familiar with it because I know they're tasting everything and I know they're playing with these cheeses at home. So I love the inside scoop. I love a recommendation or I love to say, you know, hey, I have a fabulous new bottle of gin. I'm looking for a special pairing with some great gin and tonics tonight just to see what they'll recommend. I mean, that is the joy, isn't it? Like when, you know, a good cheese shop and the staff who are, are keen and they love all, they love that. You know, nothing's nicer than a cheese conversation with, you know, a customer who loves cheese and a cheesemonger who loves telling you about the cheese. And it's just a great um, exchange, isn't it, of interest. I suppose that shared interest. And it's a great it connective is. thing. I feel like it's like, it's actually a community service. <laughs> they do. <laughs> because often you know, they make wonderful recommendations for restaurants or things happening in the city. They, they tend to be really in the know. So I always say whenever I travel, the first thing I do is, is look for the independent cheese shop. Then I, you know, I'm able to get some cheeses for my hotel or wherever I'm staying. Plus, I always ask the cheesemongers about, you know, where to get the best coffee, where to go for dinner, if there are any good shows oh, coming up. They good. always have to 
<laughs> That's what he's doing. Cheesemonger's like Oracle. Excellent. <laughs> do, do you, have you been to um, Neil's Yard Dairy in London? I don't know if you've, if you've come Yes, I have that. on a yes. number of occasions. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely exquisite. And that is a cheese counter where I love to go in and just say, oh, you know, can you just taste me through some of your favorites? Mm. And just see what recommends. Yeah, and they're always, yeah, I do the same because, in fact, Neil's Yard have got this very admirable policy of actually they give their customers tastings of the cheese because the cheese are, are farmhouse cheeses and they change, you know, batch to batch. Yes. So even though I might sort of think, oh, I know what Montgomery's cheddar is, but it's like, but, you know, mm. but I don't know what that batch is and it'll be slightly, it'll be different, you know. So right. it's really interesting. So, and the, yeah, and it's just fascinating getting, you know, whoever's behind the counter will have the style or, or you know, they'll have a pet cheese that they really want to champion that they think is tasting wonderful that, that morning, you know. So, have you tried this? It's great. You know, it's Martin Gott's latest cheese. It's really good. Have you tried it? So, it's just fun, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And I love your phrase, Jenny, of a pet cheese. What's your pet cheese? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I want a pet it's cheese like, on my yeah. desk. Yeah. You know, something you feel really affectionate towards and and fond of. I mean, I do think, isn't it funny? I think, you know, the, you know, you and I obviously share a, a love of cheese tonight, hence us talking about this on a, on a cheese podcast. And, and I'm a food writer, not a cheese writer, but cheese has all it's for a long time it's been one of those foods that's really fascinated me and I have written about wow. it and and it's just this very rich world. And I think I suppose that's the whole point of this podcast is trying to say to people, cheese is it's fascinating, isn't it? It's varied, it's diverse. You'll, there's bound to be mm -hmm. something you like. You know, you might not like blue, but you will like something else, you know, and um, yeah. explore it because it's very rich. And I suppose, so in Absolutely. fact, to go back to the cheese board thing that we started with, do you mm -hmm. think, so when you um, invite people around and give them a cheese board, is, do, you have, do you have that excitement of seeing, you know, people try perhaps, perhaps be pushed out of their comfort zone, but they try something to be polite to you, and then they're like, wow, that was amazing. Does that happen? All the time. In fact, I love to know, like, ah, are there any cheeses um, that you are averse to? And then if mm. they say something like, oh, goat's milk, or oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not so into blues, then I feel like it's a little personal challenge to yes. help them find a, a delightful path into one of those realms. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. Or I love to say, you know, is there anything you want to drink or anything you want to play around with in terms of a pairing on the board? You know, whether it's chocolate or uh, maybe they want to have a, an interesting digestif after dinner with an interesting mm. cheese. For me, <laughs> it's like I love the challenge of the hunt. I love to know when someone is intrigued by cheese wise or, or, you know, or afraid of. And then I love to like hunt for the things that's going to surprise and delight them. And you mentioned accompaniments, you know, things, you know, you've talked about drinking gin with mm -hmm. cheese and, and so again, you're thinking of the cheese board. So would you enjoy so other elements okay, what are some things that you enjoy putting on a cheese board then Tanaya? Just to reference the gin I love spirits and cheese cocktails and cheese is often something that I serve just to mm. surprise people because most people expect wine but it's really yeah. fun to surprise them with a French 75 with an old fashioned and then a delicious cheese board to go with it so that's one of the things that I, I love to do. Otherwise I love to, to play with different jams or curds like a lemon curd with a goat uh -huh. cheese I think can sometimes be surprising for someone especially if it's on an Odie biscuit or like a graham cracker. I love using interesting dried fruits that maybe they wouldn't have typically seen, like dried oranges, even dried pineapple, oh. with something like a with something like a gouda. The dried right. pineapple can be really nice to play off those slightly tropical notes sometimes you get. Oh, what else? Certainly nuts and interesting crackers and things like that.
that. Recently, I did a cheese board with some champagne jelly. Um, I always try to have one thing on the board that's a little bit intriguing, just like that conversation piece cheese. Excellent. Gosh, okay, tonight I'm now, you know, you've made me, I'm now craving cheese. So that's, it's totally worked. Uh, and luckily, I, strangely enough, I have some in my fridge. So, so that's good. Um, in fact, which I need to then take out and bring to room temperature. Oh, tonight, that was, thank you so much. That's been a lovely insight into, um, into in a way, the fun and excitement of, of exploring yeah. cheese. So thank oh, you so, so much. Glad. My pleasure, Jenny. Thank you so much. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. This week on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me today Claire Stiles, Head of Marketing at Peter's Yard. Peter's Yard, as listeners to this podcast will know, are our sponsors. Hello, Claire. Hello. Claire, this week, for this episode of A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at cheese boards, which is something that people are always really interested in knowing how to put them together. And of course, one aspect of that cheese board is what do you pair with cheese? And, you know, and cheese and crackers, it's classic, isn't it? So, so tell me, say, Peter's Yard, you're, you're, tell me about, you're known for your, for your sourdough crackers, is that right? What, what, what was the, give, tell me a little, give me a little description of what the sort of starting point for Peter's Yard. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you're right, our sourdough crackers are what we're known for. And we started off, gosh, sort of well over 10 years ago now with our original recipe, which is actually an authentic Swedish recipe. So we brought that over from Sweden and it's a very simple product. So it just has five ingredients in it and that makes it a great all-rounder to pair with lots of types of cheese. But the thing that makes us really unique, I guess, is the fact that we use sourdough in all of our recipes. So it's an integral part of what gives the crackers their character um, both in terms of the texture and also just having a longer fermentation and, and slightly more depth of flavour than other crackers on the market. Yes, I mean, it's, yes, I mean fermentation, which is, is a very nice pairing with cheese, because obviously cheese is a fermented you know, product too. So, you know, fermentation is used in cheese making. And you're right, and fermentation and thyme, which I know is another one of your ingredients, is um, it gives flavour often. And, you know, flavour yeah. can be subtle, but, but it's still flavour. I mean, it's interesting because I tried one of your crackers in your very early days that are tasty at Fortnum's and they look very simple and very plain quite austere mm-hmm. and then when I bit it I was like wow this has really got a flavour it was nice you know it was I was like this lovely I love the texture of your crackers because they're very fine aren't they um and I really like yes. that which I think is yeah. also nice because I think that's good with cheese because they don't you don't have a, that's really nice for sort of a generous cheese to cracker ratio so you don't it doesn't get swamped by the texture of of the cracker which I think works really well too yeah so so our crackers really I mean they're they're crisp bread originally from Sweden and and it is really a form of bread so I guess it's similar in that way that it's got that you know very versatile flavor it can go with lots of different things and and like you said on the surface it's very simple but because of that fermentation you kind of uncover this depth of flavor as as you eat and and our original product which you're referring to definitely has a really nice maltiness um, yes. that sort of has developed over the time a bit, a bit almost like a toastiness, like as if you'd made yeah, a slice that's... of toast with some sourdough bread. Yeah, that's very, very appealing. And but I know that over the years you've added in um, flavours. You know, you've, you've got you've got flavoured. Tell, tell us about those. And what, did you think of them? Did Peter's Yard see them as going well with different types of cheeses? Yes, absolutely. So that's always been our starting point whenever we've done recipe development in our crackers range, just because the original recipe, like we said goes so well with cheese we kind of have always thought of that as a natural pairing for our crackers so 
when we've come to develop them, we've, we've thought of particular styles of cheeses and flavours that balance or contrast well with those. So one of our kind of early products and still one of our, our best sellers is our fig and spelt crackers. So that's, you know, you expect to eat fig with cheese, wouldn't you anyway? Yes. But it's a it adds nice, a lovely yep. sweetness yep. Yeah, to, I, to the product. That's very nice with blue cheese, isn't it? If we're thinking of Christmas mm. cheese board and um, and Stilton inevitably, and yes. um, yeah, that must go very well. I mean, I, that's th- you're using dried figs in the in the crackers. Yes, we are, yes. and then there's yeah. there's some high as well, just to sort of bring out that that lovely sweetness, which, as you say, just works really well against a, a blue cheese because they're naturally got that nice sort of saltiness and tanginess. Um, so definitely always on the Christmas cheese board with a Stilton. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I think what I like about the way you flavoured your crackers is that even though the flavours are there, they're not um, they're not too in your face. So, which again, that's the reason I like that is I think that goes well with cheese because you want to be able to taste the cheese. You don't want a cracker that's so dominant that you can't taste the cheese. So, no, yes, the cheese again, is always is the yours? hero. Ah, uh, that's interesting. Was that that was a conscious decision, I'm guessing, of on your developing these recipes, that's your style. Yeah, I think, I mean, we're all such fans at Peter's Yard of, of amazing artisan cheeses that we have in this country. The last thing we'd want to do is, is kind of obliterate them with really strong flavours. So it's all about enhancing those cheeses and, and bringing out, you know, the, the subtleties in them. So we like to have that flavour, but it's always subtle and it's something that just, yeah, enhances whatever cheese you pair with the cracker. And what are, tell us some of the other flavoured crackers that you make, and that, and again, and give us some ideas of what what might be a nice pairing with them. Yeah, so um, another one that that could be quite nice at Christmas, I guess, is our pink peppercorn crackers. They've got a lovely gentle spice from the peppercorns, so they work really well with sort of nice soft bloomy cheeses. If you've got a camembert or, or a brie on your Christmas mm. cheese board, and also that spice is lovely with truffles. So if you're going for a kind of oh. truffled Brie yeah, or brie. something for or Christmas. Bar- Baron um, really Johnny Johnny Crickmore at Fen Farm Dairy makes this wonderful truffled Baron Bygod, which is the sort of British version of brie. I mean, those truffled yes, cheeses yeah. are really they're really indulgent in the most amazing way. <laughs> so yeah, yes, yeah, definitely a Christmas treat. So yeah, we've got a rosemary and sea salt, which was one of our more recent products we developed last year. So. That's, I mean, typically we say it's really nice with fresher cheese styles, but it's also lovely with a goat's cheese, if that's something people are yeah. exploring for their Christmas cheese board. It's just that nice sort of herbaceous flavour from the rosemary works really well with um, with goat's cheeses, I think. Yes, how nice. And so you've got, you've got a black, you've got a charcoal. Yeah, so well. we've got, um, it's a Ryan charcoal. So mm. the charcoal's there really just to add that striking black colour, which yeah. again, adds some drama to a, a Christmas cheese board um, for sure but it's it's got a slightly softer texture than some of the other products in our range because it's also got butter in the recipe um, so that's just a nice contrast to add with different styles of cheeses and that works well again with those kind of softer cheeses like a, a brie or or camembert and, and it's also really lovely with sort of more traditional territorial British crumbly cheeses like Lancashire's or oh, nice. Wensleydale um, yeah, oh yes, I'm glad you're mentioning pairing. those. Yes, they're lovely, lovely cheeses. You know, perhaps less, less, you know, less well known in a way in in Britain than they used to be. I think, but yeah, really, yes. And of course, Wednesdays are massive Christmas bestseller. So, and when you, it was interesting when I talked to Andy Swinsco, who's the cheesemonger from Yorkshire, mm. that those are the cheeses that he sells in in Yorkshire. That's not surprising. These they are he they outsell Stilton for him because that's what people want, oh, and they wow. want them. Yeah, it's really interesting, and they want them. 
it's a pairing with fruitcake. That's a very classic yes. Yorkshire pairing. Yeah. So actually, well, that, those cheese would also be nice with your with your vegan spelt. They say would be a bit of lovely bit of sort of delicate crumbly Lancashire or Wensleydale. You know, these gentler cheeses that are very much part of our British tradition, but an absolute joy to to eat. I think. Yeah. No, they definitely would be, and and that's one thing. You know, we we come up with these products with pairings in mind but we very much encourage people to be creative and and test out different combinations of cheese and crackers and find out pairings that work for them so I think that sounds fantastic trying a, a Wensleydale with the fig. Are you quite careful when you add a flavour to the range I mean do you do a lot of it's got to work I'm guessing because you want it to last don't you it's not about you're not jumping the, the impression I get from your company is you don't leap onto fashion bandwagons as such you know you're not doing a kimchi well maybe you are I don't know <laughs> so do you do is it something you think about quite carefully then when you're coming up with a new new addition to the range Yes, it, it it definitely is. And I think we definitely, you're right, we don't sort of jump on trends as such. We look at, you know, classic combinations that work and that pair well. And like I said, enhance or bring out the cheese. I mean, there are flavours that we have explored in the past that people are, you know, don't work so well or they don't so, sell well. So we had a, a really delicious caraway cracker actually oh, that yes. was one of I my like favorites caraway. yeah oh, it... oh no and it's gone isn't it? not enough <laughs> well, people like caraway then yeah it's quite a divisive <sighs> flavor i think um, yeah it is quite even though, right. yeah with certain styles of cheeses it was just absolutely delicious um was that nice but... would that have been nice with sort of mountain cheeses would you have had yes what, what did you... yeah. yeah exactly ah, alpine style. kind of slightly Lovely. stronger style um yeah and they've got that sort of salty sweet nutty yeah there's a real fullness of flavor to them which i'm getting yeah. the curry be quite nice quite refreshing would cut cut through it yes yeah, yeah exactly but no it, it didn't sell so um we had to remove that from the range did it's you buy all the, the last did you just stock up <laughs> on everything it's sweep in and go i'll take that <laughs> and just get Absolutely. your get your stash yeah yeah this is one of the, of the job <laughs> <laughs> and so and so at christmas claire would you yourself be is the fun for you of, of do you enjoy putting together a cheese board yourself yes i do i i absolutely love um love cheese and I always try to go British I think um wherever possible just because we have such amazing British cheeses yes we do and Um, that's what's really interesting yes and we've got the um such a range of and so many people making new British cheeses you know so that if it's a really wide yeah there's lots and lots of choice out there and I mean obviously I think Christmas people it's you know it's very tempting to go for the classics because you know that you love a Stilton or a good cheddar and it's lovely to have them but it, it is also fun to try something new because there are these great talented cheesemakers out there and they need you know and it's worth supporting them because then they they will become the established cheese you know makers down if they get a chance if people buy what buy what they're mm. making they'll still be definitely there. yeah One, it's always yeah. fun fun to experiment but like you said there are those classics I think that you feel you've got to always have as part of your Christmas cheese board as well yeah it's an interesting time because Christmas is you know a lot of it is about traditions. There's things that I, they dishes that I make for my, that my family would be really cross with me if I didn't produce. If I didn't make my chestnut stuffing, I think my son wouldn't bother coming round. So um, <laughs> yes, but um, yeah, no, lovely. Oh well, Claire, thank you. That's made me yes yearn to to get a cheese board and start nibbling. So um, thank you. That was a lovely insight. Take care then, Claire. Thank you. Oh, good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye, Claire. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, 
Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Thank you so much for listening to A Slice of Cheese. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, it would be lovely if you could rate us on wherever you've found this podcast. It will make such a difference to us. So I hope you'll enjoy us again. Thank you very much.